Yes, Rich Palladino. Thank you. Like he said, I am the super producer, Big Moves Bill, and I am joined as always by the future booking genius, Justin Juice Cannon. And a new little intro there for you. What's up, Juice? All hail me, future booking genius. I'd yes. say current fucking podcast like pro i mean the guests yes yes you are uh also the content machine juice cannon but we're both content machines we we that can be our tag team name instead of just top of the cage because that's probably what our tag team name would be we can just be the content machines the content machine that's actually kind of a fire name i kind of <laughs> want that to become a real thing we should totally just absolutely become wrestlers to do that yeah yeah <laughs> or just tell someone else to do it i don't know <laughs> That's true. We could just be their managers. Yeah, and we could tell them to change their names to Juice Cannon Big Time Bill. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about if they were to mimic us, though, they'd have to be big men. I'm fine with that, dude. I, I am fine with that, too. You know me. I love my big meaty men. Slap meat. But uh, there was some pretty big wrestling news that happened pretty recently, and that is that The Undertaker, one of the most notorious big men, one of the best characters in wrestling history, has officially been named to the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2022. And that is awesome. I mean, absolutely deserved. I love that kind of didn't really waste any time, that they kind of just immediately was like, all right, Undertaker, like while you're still you know, with it, while you're still able to do some Undertaker spooky shit, welcome to the Hall of Fame, brother. Yeah. Uh, it's well-deserved. Um, I'm kind of confused why it took so long. <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't really retire until, like... No, but, like, there's other people that haven't really retired that got in while they're still doing stuff. And, like, I don't know, like, he's been part-time for a while, and there's other part-time people that got in. And, like, um, like, the Kane... Like, Kane got in. I know that was, like, last year, but, like... True, Kurt Angle I got in. Like yeah, I, I just, yeah, Kurt Angle, like, he came back and was already in. Edge is technically a Hall of Famer. <laughs> and, like, Undertaker's content, like, we knew he was a Hall of Famer, like, a good 10 years ago. <laughs> so, His first battle. So did like, Vince. Vince knew probably longer than that. See, he probably waited, though, because he probably wanted to let Undertaker be, like, the true first person known get his own big special event, you know, a big coronation for him. I think that it's the right move. I'm glad that they did it how they did it. Yeah, I guess it's a good point. Like, um, I, I, there are other people announced, but I kind of forget who they are because like, Undertaker just outshows them all. I could not name you one, I'll be honest. And I think that's fitting. I think that's fitting um, that Undertaker is the – there's always, like, one big guy, like, headlining the Hall of Fame. Like, last year was Kane. Um. I, I can't tell you the year before that, but it, uh, was it the NWL or was it DX? I don't know because I thought NWL also was last year too because they get inducted every year. <laughs> like one year it's like oh, it's NWL, it's like oh here's uh, just Hulk Hogan. And, and no, I think it, I think it was DX because remember they did the joke about how Triple H is going to buy that Pizant company after like yeah. Billy Gunn was like you can't fire me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It was DX. Also, like, you know, Triple H gets inducted every year, too. <laughs> I'm just waiting for, like, bald, 
They'll be like, bald Triple H inducted in the Hall of Fame. Authority Triple H inducted into the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. NXT Triple H Hall of Fame. What's another? Sandra Hurst Helmsley, like when he was a rich boy, has that character ever been? Probably not, right? I don't know if that character, if like he stopped wrestling after he was Hunter Hearst Helms, really. I don't know if, if I mean, it counts probably towards being Triple H because that's just how wrestling continuity works. But if he stopped at like being the blue blood, I don't know. They should finish his induction. <laughs> as as possible. Just right? for the joke. Just do it. WWE. You know you want to. But my whole overarching point of talking about The Undertaker going into the Hall of Fame was we wanted to talk the Mount Rushmore of big men because there has been some other amazing big men who have come across the wrestling world who are also first ballot Hall of Famers or probably are Hall of Famers already at this point too. Um, So Juice, I don't know how you want to go about this. I know you have your list. I know I have my list. We can uh, do it draft order like we always do for things like this. Yeah, we do draft order, but you know, like this time, it's just the Mount Rushmore, like our personal opinions. So like if we repeat, that's fine. Yeah, I I agree. Kind of like the finishing style, and not like um, uh, not like the not like the the rumble draft or anything yeah. like that. We we did have like a Mount Rushmore draft recently. I kind of forget what it was. The finishing moves. Yeah, but we could copy in that one. I'm thinking of one that we did that we couldn't copy, but that was on the rules, and it was just four. Was it the biggest draws? I don't know, but um, too much content. Yeah, let's just get this kicked off. I'll kick us off. I'm going old school here. A guy that, like, I didn't, I really didn't get to really watch until when I got back into wrestling a few years ago, going like WWE Network um, backdrop, like, you know, watching old WCW and old WWF stuff and YouTube dives and like watching old Japan stuff. Uh, it's Vader. I always like, I love the look of Vader. Like, I knew about Vader a while ago when I was a kid, but I didn't really like, get to see him wrestle. Except I think when he, like, came back in the mid-2000s for, like, a little, like, you know, Legends appearance kind of thing. And that was, like, my first and, like, only introduction for him for a while. I'm just like, I like the look of this dude. I like his suit. I like, I just like him. I like the, that was when I really liked big men, wrestlers. And then when I actually watched some of his matches, I'm like, this dude can go. Like, big men get stereotyped as being bad in the ring and just, you know, being simple not being good in promo, but, like, he was a great character. He's, like, funny. He's amazing in the ring. Like, one of the best wrestlers in general. So that's that's my number one. Yeah, he is also on my list. So there's our first repeat of the night. Yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say about it. Big Van Vader, quite the badass across all industries, too. That's the best part about encompassing him is he did Japan. He did the United States, whether it was WCW or WWE. I mean... Dude's a legend, no doubt about it. And I think he's definitely one of those people that should be in the Hall of Fame. He's not in the Hall of Fame, right? I feel like he kind of is. I, I feel like he might be. I mean, if he's not, why the fuck isn't he? <laughs> I, guess, I guess WWF run wasn't like amazing, but like they, they have people, a lot of people in just for WCW stuff since they bought it. Like, Harlem Heat wasn't WWF. Vader, not a WWE Hall of Famer. That's just wild. Um, like, especially some of the acts that are WCW only that are in there. I mean, and he's he had WWF runs. So like, it's just weird that he's 
put him in the Hall of Fame next year. Next year, if he's done in the Hall of Fame, uh, we riot. That's actually insane. Like, I, I feel like I knew that, but at the same time, I can't believe that. We're not right. We just protest. We just go to Connecticut and just like Stanford and just like outside Vince's office, just picket signs. <laughs> so who else is on your Mount Rushmore? Uh, my next one is uh, Brock Lesnar. Why? Um, I, I people might be surprised, but I mean, am I am I enjoyed? Do I love? him uh coming back the past few years and getting like handed these world title reigns instantly no i'm not it's annoying but i just always been a fan of his and like uh a lot of his matches in the early 2000s like his young run are some of my favorite matches like ever like him and the rock in SummerSlam 2002 um that's one of my favorite matches ever um i love that match and like even though him versus Angle at the WrestleMania 19 has the famous like botch spot. I I still love that match. It's still a great match, and um I just love Lesnar. And I'm always he's even though he's like six three, he's such a like a big tank and like such a believable big man and just like you know he's fucking scary. He is the beast. Uh, he truly is a beast. And now he just even more looks like a beast with his beard and man bun of doom and I don't know. This is I'll always love Brock, Brock Lesnar as a wrestling fan. And also like he was a UFC champion too. Like he's a legit scary dude. He is a legit scary dude. That's and he had his time in Japan. Like that's something I feel like isn't talked about a lot. Like short, but yeah he did he did have time. But he he was a champion. Was a champion. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think he makes mine personally. I think I he isn't because of those WWE runs where he was just given a title. It just made me a little sour on him. I'm not going to deny that he is arguably top 10, probably top five, but I don't think he gets the number four spot for me. That's understandable that you can get sour. But also like his current run, like I hate that he's handed a title like two times in the past four months, but like also... He's, he's really good in the mic right now, too. I, I know. I, like, I love Cowboy Brock. Don't get me wrong. Cowboy Brock is awesome. Great character. Love the ponytail. Love that he does it because his kids told him, hey, like, do it as a joke. And he was like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I love the character, but I don't love it being champion. I agree with that, especially since, like, the, the person that's supposed to win the Rumble is not real. <laughs> so that's sour my taste, but He's still he's still in my Mount Rushmore because he's had a long career other than just the past few months. So even though you know this isn't the first time that he's been ran down through as champion. <laughs> so I'll go with who's number two on my Mount Rushmore right now. And I'm surprised I I want to hear your take on this one, but I'm gonna go with Paul White, aka the big show, aka the giant. All right. I'll be honest, never been much of a big show guy. Um, See, I love the big show. Like, I know, like, he is he the best in-ring wrestler? Definitely not. Is he a great storyteller and character, though? I think he was. I think that he served the role of being a big man very well. I mean, think about how he broke in, attacking Hogan, then became part of the NWO at some point as well. And then he becomes the big show in WWE. And... 
I mean, should he probably have won that Royal Rumble over The Rock? I don't think they should have made a bigger story about it. I know there was a big story about it, but like Big Show also was a multiple time world champion. Granted, he did get beat by Daniel Bryan 18 seconds after having the title or some very short amount of time. I don't know if it was 18 exactly. I, I don't think that you can deny that Big Show is one of the greatest big men of all time. He, he's a, he was a draw. I mean, I feel like at some point people paid to see him. It's fair. And yeah, you definitely argue it. But like, part of the reason I think he's been a world champ, just because Vince, um, Freddie Prince says this, that, well, that, um, this summer, Chris Jericho said that Freddie Prince, well, Freddie Prince was a writer for WWE, that Vince is his father's son. And Vince Sr. and Vince McMahon, uh, give them a big man, they're going to push him. Even if they're just, you just have to be tall. Great, you see this great colleague. Great colleague was terrible in all facets, but they, he got pushes. Why? Because he's just tall. And I think the only reason, breaking the wall here, uh, guys, stuff is scripted. <laughs> it's not fake. What? So, yeah, so these champions are playing events. So, Vince is just like, you're. T- I just feel like the only reason Big Show was a champ wasn't because he was good in the mic, not because he was a good storyteller, not because he had good matches, because I don't think, I can't really think of a great match that was great because of him in it. Um, I just think he's just tall and that's it. Uh, I, I, Everyone has their right to opinions, and some people do like him in the mic. Some people have classics, but like I just, I think he stinks. I think I don't think he's much better than Great Cup. I think he's like wow, that's well, a not hot take, take, Juice. That's a hot. I just take. don't like him, and like when wow. he's been AW, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't <Wow>. care. <laughs> interesting, very interesting. What a comparison, though, to the Great Cup. Yeah. Fun fact, the first wrestling show I ever went to, the first person I ever saw hold a WWE World Championship, the great Kali. Oh, that's gross. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep, he wrestled Batista for it. Batista saw my sign. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that's cool. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think he's great Kali levels of bad. But I just think you can't deny that when you think of a big man, you don't think of the, you, you think of the big show. I just think when you're in a match with a celebrity who doesn't wrestle like Floyd Mayweather and Floyd Mayweather was the I, I thought you were going to say the sumo match. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not the sumo. I just like this, that Floyd Mayweather impressed me more than the big show. <laughs> That's But that was big show's job, the foot Mayweather over. So maybe I should give him like a check mark for that. And maybe that's why he's a notch above Greg Cuffin. <laughs> that match all right well let's hear your number three i bet it is the great Colin. uh <laughs> oh, <gosh>. no <laughs> nah. number three is a guy that um probably shouldn't be on i, I had a couple honorable mentions and um one said vicious and one mike awesome they both probably had probably more prestigious careers in their companies that they appeared in than this guy but this guy is was one of my favorites when i was a kid uh a tragic death like to get the really have a full career, it's Umaga. Like Umaga is, um, I quit with John Cena. Is this one of my favorite matches? Um, Umaga and Jeff Hardy. I just love, I love that shit. Uh, Umaga is my guy, and I see your face. It makes me kind of sad. Juice, 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 man. You're gonna sit here and say, oh. 
Big Show, just because he wasn't a good character, just because he had world titles, it means nothing. Listen, I understand Umaga had an untimely death. I'm a big Umaga Mark as well. Are you about to tell me he can't wrestle? <laughs> no, I'm not about to tell you he can't wrestle because he was definitely a good big man. But is he on the Mount Rushmore of big men? Hell no. I don't think he's going to be a WWE Hall of Famer. That's a hot take, but I don't think he has enough accolades. I don't think that the Fatu family is going to push hard enough for Vince to change his mind, honestly. I, I disagree. I, I think his, the quality of matches he had. How listen, I'm run. not denying it. Like that, that last man standing match you're talking about with John Cena is my favorite Umaga match because there's only one other match of Umaga's that I can really think of, and that involved Donald Trump and Vince McMahon. So he's a great rivalry with Jeff Hardy. Like the dude did a lot more than just Cena and Russell Bobby Lashley, which I think Bobby Lashley and his match there match is an underrated. No, that's a good match. Don't get me wrong, that's pretty good. I know that gets some (laughs) shit. I actually (laughs) love that. WrestleMania 23 is arguably my favorite WrestleMania, so I'm not might get to that in the next segment. (laughs) Whoa, hey, whoa, foreshadowing. Nah, it's I gotta, funny I, that I, we had two people on our list that we're different on. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Um, my next guy, I mean, I, I'm just going to get the obvious one out of the way. It's the reason why we're talking about this. It's The Undertaker. In terms of being a big man character, did it so well. Look at the size of that ham hock. I mean, what an infamous line. That just immediately set the tone for The Undertaker right away, too. I mean, he did not stop being a big menacing man who was half zombie, half American biker, half badass. Like, there's very few people to have as many classic matches. And I feel like Undertaker was booked well as a big man, too, because he did not have that many world titles. Granted, he had his his fair share. He had his handful. But he didn't need to be in that big, you know, championship match because his marquee match could just be against another big man, whether it was Kane, whether... It was somebody like Mark Henry in a casket match. Hell, I mean, he got so many good matches out of Batista. I'm not saying Batista's a bad wrestler, but, like, those are two big men. And those were two big, meaty men slapping meat. And that's one of my favorite rivalries of all time. Like, I'm going to mention to Batista, by the way, because he's not going to be my fourth, but. That's wild. I would I would have thought he would be your fourth. No, not my fourth, fortunately. Curious who it is, and we can get to your fourth now because my fourth is Undertaker. So really, nothing to add. Uh, I'll just say, I think when I was a kid, I always said like Eddie was my favorite, and before the Chris Benoit stuff, Chris was my favorite, and like I'd say those two and Batista were like what got me in the wrestling. And Edge, Edge and McFoley, because Edge and McFoley's a match, their hardcore match at Mania. That's like the match that got me hooked, and then. The person that kept me hooked, that made me watch SmackDown all the time, that I really never realized this until recently, was Undertaker. Like, I used to get up, like, I'm like, oh, he's here, he's here. I'm like, it was just wild. Like, he the best, best entrance in wrestling. He was just a great wrestler, great storyteller, uh, a really pioneer for the industry and um, unique character work and his unique vignettes that really he just changed the industry and as a big man sometimes he wasn't booked as one and other times he was because he was this unstoppable monster man 
and he had won the long WrestleMania streak, which I think fits a big man too, like being unstoppable at the biggest show, the show of shows. And the only person that ended his streak was another big man, like a guy, a big monster. The beast had to beat the monster, had to beat the taker, the phenom. And um, yep, yeah, Undertaker has to be on everyone's Mount Rush for big men or most people. Yeah, I, I he's arguably my favorite wrestler of all time. First wrestler I remember seeing on TV is The Undertaker. So, I mean, I I was hooked. Like, I'll never forget being in, like, fourth grade, 10 years old, nine years old, however old I was. And one of my friends was talking about the Batista-Undertaker rivalry because this was about to become WrestleMania 23. And I was like, what? Who are these people you're talking about? And I remember watching SmackDown to tune in to see what was going to progress the feud. And I was hooked, like you said. I just saw The Undertaker and saw Batista and I was hooked. So, and that, honestly, I was reflecting. I'm going to... I, I think everyone needs to understand that it is okay for you to admit that you've made mistakes and that you need to change sometimes. And I actually am legitimately going to put Batista as my fourth man on my big <laughs> list. I was going to put, it was going to be Kane. It was going to be Kane. Okay. So I think that I do value Batista as a wrestler a little bit more than I do Kane, but I do love me some Kane. I'm going to put Kane over real quick just because I'm, he didn't choose him. His debut as well, coming with Paul Bear, interrupting the Hell in a Cell match. I mean, like, I don't think there arguably is a better wrestling debut. And you just see him rip off that door, and he is a monster. And Kane just continued to be a monster. Then you got the fun moments with the Canaanites, with, with you know, him te- teaming with X-Pac, him teaming with uh, RVD for a point, too, right? I mean, and then, obviously, when he unmasked, that was horrifying. And... I don't know. Like I liked bald one blue eye cane. I thought that that was always a really fun character. Cause you knew that he was just going to come in and kick ass and then demon came happened, but then team hell no cane happened. And that just solidified it for me that Kane is legitimately one of the best big men of all time. But there is this one man named Dave Batista who is probably my second favorite wrestler of all time behind the undertaker. And I'm sad that I originally didn't really think of him. But then, like I said, I just started lamenting. I just started thinking his rise to the top coming from evolution, kind of always being cheated, screwed over, finally won the rumble, finally got the one over over Triple H. Triple H never beat him until uh, the end of his career. But yeah, like I just love Batista. Again, best entrance arguably of all time. One of the greatest entrance theme songs of all time. There's nobody that was presented more larger than life than Batista was, I feel like. And even though his run back in 2014, coming back, getting probably the worst reaction to anybody ever rumble besides Roman Reigns in Philadelphia, he's a, he's a GOAT. Batista is the GOAT. And I'm happy to see him make that transition to Hollywood because he also is great uh, as Strax because his comedic timing is just so perfect for that big bumbling character. I'm so still that I turn invisible. Yeah, Batista is great funny like i was a kid i was a big fan and like i got older and i realized uh, dude's not like as great in the ring as i thought but i still fucking love it i still love him like I see like yeah. that's the thing like i thought he did big move men well or big men moves well yeah i mean i think with being a big man like you're not really supposed to be doing much to tell the story like you can be a great big man and only have four moves and 
tell a story. Um, that's not my issue. I think it was just like, even then, I, I don't know. I, I never thought he was emotionally and like, no, no, actually as a kid I did because I never like picked up on emotional nuances and like little storytelling nuances like the way I do now. But like watching back some matches like for the past few years, I think it turned me into Batista because I just kind of realized that he, his heart was never in it. And that's my little critique because he did his big man moves well. And he had the great look. He had the, my, one of my favorite theme songs. I'm still a Batista guy. Like I just... I'm not as big as him as I when I was a kid because just I can tell that it's hard for really not in the business or in the industry. And that it makes it harder to watch when they're not. Like Undertaker, you can tell he loves it. You can tell Edge. I mean, the dude choked up in a Royal Rumble return. And you, you tell that's real. And I, I think that's in a industry that you have to like, so like the word fake is thrown around and like you have to suspend your belief just believing in how much these people care it does change me a lot and like it impacts me a lot and i think that's why i'm a little more sour on Batista now than i was a kid but i still i still like him like if he like showed up at a rumble i'd pop me i'd pop with you like i'd pop because i i'm still a fan. i'm just not a super fan because i was a kid like that was one of my first action I got a Booker T action figure and a Batista were my first two. And and I got a big show too and a, a bunch of them, John Cena. And Booker T and Batista were always my champs until I got my Eddie action figure and then Eddie was always champ. <laughs> my first two, it was a bundle pack that had Bobby Lashley and Rey Mysterio in it. Okay. I did have a Bobby too. I did I always love Bobby. The one thing I didn't like about the Rey Mysterio action figure it was just as tall and just as muscular as all the other ones, and it made me very upset as a child. <laughs> How am I supposed to book a believable underdog story when the guy's just as tall as the other one is? I think that's one reason I didn't want a Rey Mysterio action figure. <laughs> I was like, he's not short. It doesn't work. I don't want it. Also, shout out to Amaga. Just call back. My buddy Matt used to have a MAGA figure because he's a big MAGA guy, and I just used to try to steal it all the time. Like <laughs> I just put it in my backpack. He's like, no. <laughs> or like my mom would tell me to return it, and like he would he wouldn't notice or something like that. <laughs> Matt, if you're listening, this, yeah, I've tried to steal your MAGA, even if you don't remember or don't even like real, never realized it. I did try to. <laughs> so who's your fourth? Uh, my fourth was Undertaker. So it was um, Undertaker. Oh, sorry. I forgot that I went before you. Yeah. Vader, Lesnar, Undertaker, Omaha was my four. And then honorable mentions are Mike Awesome, Sid Vicious. I mean, plenty of other ones like Kane. Definitely like two that definitely came up. Um, yeah, he was very, like I very close to being on mine. Yeah, I feel like I'm missing someone. I feel like there's one that, like, we're both just not thinking of. I thought of Yokozuna as well. Another one that I feel like, given a little bit more time, better with, uh, you know, health, kind of similar to Omega, I guess. I mean, technically similar to Omega. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that would have been fun to see, I feel like, for a little bit longer. Um, I feel like I want to say Rikishi just because of the gimmick. I was never a big Rikishi guy, so I don't think that would be on mine. Um, but yeah, the gimmick was funny. I mean, he he gave me a chuckle. I just uh, <laughs> I remember him like in a Armageddon match for the world title. 
It was like Undertaker and Kurt Angle in the match. And, the uh, six man. Yeah. With yeah, and Stone I'm, Cold, I'm, Rock. Yep. And I'm just like, he just does not fit in the match. <laughs> Get him out of the match. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's not believable, but that he has a chance. He was, just there, really he was just there to take the big bump. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. That's probably. Oh, that was a great match, though. Right, we're getting off topic. So um, that ends our Mount from Big Man. And remember, for Undertaker, we're doing a little, we're going to put a little video together for um, Undertaker Hall of Fame stuff. So just send us on Twitter and Instagram DMs, either or. Um, a little quick 10 to 30 second video of um, you saying who you think should induct him. And why that person should induct them, induct them, um, and then you know we'll make a little compilation video. And if we don't get any, it will just be a video of me and him saying it, <laughs> me and Bill saying it. And we'll force our friends to answer it too. Yeah, yeah. We'll just, some of the guys that we've talked about will just be like, "Do it, <laughs> friendship." I touched upon it earlier, but I want to talk favorite WrestleMania since WrestleMania season is coming up. I mean, I, I already spoiled mine. Although there are two that really are big ones for me. WrestleMania 23 and WrestleMania 25. So for 25, I feel like the biggest part of it for me was definitely Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels because that is legitimately one of my favorite matches of all time. Might honestly be my favorite match of all time. Absolute masterclass. I'm kind of struggling, honestly, to remember what else is on that WrestleMania right now. I'm so. looking up now, actually. That's what I'm doing. Um, but the thing is, like, I could tell you the 2000 or the I could tell you the two the fuck 23. I could tell you the WrestleMania 23 card. I feel like I don't know about the women's match, but I can tell you about most of that card. I love WrestleMania 23. It was my first WrestleMania, so there definitely is some bias to it. But I mean, like I, like I said, we got Undertaker versus Batista for a championship. We got Sean Cena versus Shawn Michaels for a championship. We got the Ballet of the Billionaires. We had the awesome uh, Money in the Bank match. Like, that was a really, really, really good Money in the Bank. And I like CM, or was that Mr. Kennedy or CM Punk? Kennedy won, I mean, not, not Kennedy, um, Kennedy, I think, won 23, and 25 CM Punk won, because I'm looking at the... Is it 20? No, CM Punk won... No, Jack Swagger won 24. Yeah. CM Punk won 25-26? Because he, he won it twice in a row. Um, oh, did he win 24? He won 25, because I'm looking at it. <laughs> he, he won two in a row. I know he did. Maybe he's 26. Uh, let me look. I'm now looking. curious. Jack Swagger won 26, so it was 24 that. Um, yeah, it was 24. That's the CM Punk one. Yep. 24, 25. But still, I was a Kennedy mark. I'll be honest. I think we all were Kennedy marks. Facts. Like, I wish that he didn't get hurt and he was able to cash in. Because I, I think he definitely would have been successful if not for the injury and like him having to give it the edge. I and, agree. Um, uh, Mr. Kennedy 
world title reign is definitely something that's missing from my life. <laughs> I am pretty upset about that. There was something about a man just yelling his name. That was such a good gimmick to me as a child. Mr. Kennedy! So good, Mr. Champ. Kennedy. But yeah, back to... So what are you picking, 23? I, I think I'm going to go with 23, yeah. I did like 32, but I'm going to go with 23. That's a good one. That's a good one. I think I'm going... I'm, I'm just looking at the WrestleMania 25 card and trying to think. Yeah, because I was trying to think of which... Because WrestleMania and 24 and 25 were both the ones that had um, Undertaker and Sean. And they both were like, let's have two five-star classics on two years in a row. And I knew one of the manias, the whole card was good. And one of the ones that they did was not as good. Favorite WrestleMania, I'll just say mine real quick. Um, it's a toss-up between two as well. I'd say a, a toss-up between three. I'll, I'll, I'll rank them. I'll rank them. Third, WrestleMania 30. It's mainly... It's mainly because of two matches. Daniel Bryan versus Triple H, because I'm a big Daniel Bryan guy. And then Daniel Bryan versus Randy versus Batista in the main event, winning the title, and finally just the it is the end of the yes movement and like the big payoff. And those two matches were really big for me and really carried the pay-per-view. because um, there were a lot of like kind of iffy matches in WrestleMania 30. But there was one match that People are kind of sour on, especially because like kind of scary injury moment with Undertaker's concussion. But and a lot of people are mad that Undertaker's streak ended that way. I actually liked the match. I thought it was a pretty good match. I was entertained by it, and I didn't mind Lesnar ending the streak. I, I think there probably could have been better people in the streak, but uh, I liked that match. But it did have the scary, you know. CM Punk got robbed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always wanted Punk, yeah, and uh, Undertaker and Mania. We never got that Mania, right? Just that, like, other big things. No, CM Punk is one of the uh, streak members. Oh, he was? Yeah. Why do you think they had a, they had a match in Mania? They did have a match in Mania. I mean, not Mania. I'm going to say Rumble. Sorry. Oh, my God. I'm just... <laughs> they might have. I mean, they easily could have. But I know for a fact that CM Punk tried to break the streak and was unsuccessful before Brock Lesnar. I'm pretty sure it was at 29. Oh, yeah. I'm a dumbass. That was a great <laughs> match, too. I know the match exactly. Too. Well, I thought it was going to end. I'll never forget feeling like it was going to end because I was like, all right, 20-0. What a great number. <laughs> Yeah, like, I hate when Paul when Paul Heyman says he is the one in twenty one in one. Like motherfucker, there's two ones in twenty one in one. <laughs> yeah, twenty and one would have worked a lot better. <laughs> uh, I'll just continue. Uh, number two from WrestleMania is WrestleMania twenty for me. It's another I think two match card. Um, and it's uh also it's just my favorite wrestler of all time, Eddie, getting his moment. In a winning world title. And then you also have the probably my favorite triple threat of all time. Um, and Chris Benoit winning, um, which was cool at the time. <laughs> it was right at the time. It definitely was right at the time. Yeah. Um, him over Triple H and Shawn Michaels. And like, I, I liked how they booked it too. Like, they made it seem like it's all about Triple H and Shawn Michaels and just Chris Benoit was there for the pen. And like, Chris Benoit was given the rumble, given the WrestleMania spot because he earned as a worker, but they weren't like I thought they did a good job at not making it seem like he was going to win the match, and um, and he did, and it was awesome, and it was an incredible match. 
and both those matches, both world title matches, were awesome. And then Eddie and Chris celebrating together, heartwarming moment. Um, it's a little like sour now with Chris, just you know, the unspeakable thing that we have spoken about a few times on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's two. And then number one is for me WrestleMania 21, and uh, the main draw there being. I'm looking up the rest of the card, but it's mainly because of one match and um, it's Angle versus Shawn Michaels. But also, that's the first Money Bank ladder match, which put Money Bank back on WrestleMania and Edge winning. That was just an amazing match. And um, Undertaker versus Randy Orton, pretty good match. Of course, Kurt versus Shawn, as we said. Um, John Cena defeating JBL, which I, I think that's a pretty good match. That's a good match. John Cena had a great intro into it. And then the main event was Batista with Triple H, which um not not my cup of tea, but as a kid, when I was that was back when I was a Batista fan. Uh, very, very awesome. Like I like that. I like that. That was a good match. So this is actually a one. great card. I actually did not I don't remember this card. Yeah, no, it was a great card, man. Like, it was stacked. And then also Ray and Eddie. Can't even fucking forget about that. Yeah, they gave him 13 minutes. Yeah. 13 minutes, too. That's been a good match. Yeah, that's the real opener. Booker T was on the the prelim. Oh, the Battle Royal, too. I don't even remember the Battle Royal. That was also Aki Bono versus Big Show. Best character, best big man character right there, man. (laughs) That's the scene. Dude has, dude has big, dude has big in his name. Oh my god, fucking sumo match. Yeah, that's my that's my favorite mania. That that Sean versus Kurt match does not that does not feel like a 27 minute match. It feels like a a 12 minute match because it's just so fast paced and so fucking good. And they're just masters of technical wrestling. And yeah, that's our that's our favorite WrestleManias. Tell us yours on the social medias, Twitter. Capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore, capital P, lowercase O, lowercase D. On Instagram, T-O-T-C, underscore, P-O-D. And to close out the pod tonight, we are going to do a, like, mini fantasy booking segment. So we'll, we'll still call it, how would you book them? Where we strap on our fantasy booking hats to make storyline dreams. And so a wrestling team will hire us. I haven't said that in a while. And I said that off the cuff. And I think I said it almost for every time. So you brought this situation to us tonight, Juice, where we pick a small guy and have to book how he beats a big man of our choice for a world title of our choice in a realistic way that makes it believable that the small guy overcame the big guy. That was a lot of words, but I think they all made sense. Yeah, no, it does. It does. It's wordy, though. So um, I'll, I'll kick us off since this is our, uh, what's my idea? So as a, I love the wrestling video games, and I do this a lot. And in w, uh, 2K19, one thing I booked was uh, what I'll be choosing here, and it's Johnny Gargano defeating Brock Lesnar. <laughs> You're like, that. that's not going to happen. But um, I think... And Vince always says, oh, I can't believe a little guy beating a big guy. And I remember uh, Survivor Series, Daniel Bryan and Brock 
Lesnar went head to head and Daniel Bryan lost. But um, it was just him mainly getting beat up, but like his toughness and agility and in ring, his technical ability kept him in it. And who is more technical and agile than Johnny Gargano besides Daniel Bryan? I can't think of anyone. And right now, probably Johnny Gargano might be the more agile of the two. So I'm not going to say more technical of the two because Daniel Bryan's probably one of the greatest technical wrestlers. That's like Shawn Michaels. But Gargano is fucking technically good too. And um, I think this would be Johnny wrestling. This would be the Rebel Heart. So have to do the face versus the beast, Brock Lesnar. And I think for this, well, Brock Lesnar has Paul Heyman in his corner. So that I have to have a way to realistically get Paul Heyman out of this scenario. And I think I'd use someone who's always in Johnny's corner. <laughs> it's Candice LeRae. I think Paul Paul's doing some like shenanigans and almost costing Johnny the match by distracting and letting uh, Brock low blow. Because I'll say at this point, Johnny just refuses to be pinned or submitted. And his agility, he's hard to get a hold of. He's just too quick for Brock. And when Brock gets a hold of him, he just refuses to stick down because he's the rebel heart. He's Johnny Wrestling. He doesn't give up, dude. He's, he's all heart. He's all heart. He's the heart and soul of NXT. And in this scenario, he'd be the heart and soul of, I'm going to say SmackDown. I'm just going to say this on SmackDown. It's for the World Heavyweight title. And this is WrestleMania, dude. And Paul's just getting the nerves of Candice. Candice jumps over the barricade, gives him a poison rana, and he's a manager and like not a wrestler. So he just that that's all it takes to get him out. He's just he's just out cold from poison rana. And uh, you know, and Candice just clapping, slamming the mat. Johnny's feeling it. He just he, he super kicks Brock. You think he's done? Ah, uh, Brock kicks out though, because Brock's got he's a tough dude. And goes for the Gargano escape, but a submission ending Brock Lesnar is unrealistic. That's not going to how this is going to be ending because that just doesn't make sense. Uh, it's just, I'm going to say it's going to be, it's not going to, I want to say top rope maneuver because him out maneuvering Brock and getting top rope, that's realistic. But uh, I'll say it is a final beat. I think a final, a DDT off the ropes using your agility to get the ropes, and DTing and stunning the head of a big man and pinning him that way, that's what it's doing. So I think that's how it ends. Final beat, DDT, uh, utilizing the agility, Johnny Gargano, this is a long match, but it's a 32-minute match because you're going to need a lot of time to beat Brock Lesnar when tiny little scrappy Johnny Gargano wins. Um, I'm gonna, I, he's going to have some cuts on him. I think this is going to be the time during the era of blading. I'm going to say I want some, this is a normal match, it's not hardcore, but I want some blood coming from Johnny's head. I think I'm going to say like at one point his head hit turnbuckle, exposed turnbuckle that Paul exposed. I'm saying that's the moment that Candace got fed up and decided to take out Paul. And you think that moment took out Johnny because Brock just goes and anyways, despite Paul being hurt and just, he doesn't get the pin. And then the rest, as I said, unfolded. And it was all over the place in that. But I think I got my points across. And I think that's how I booked that. And I'm going to shut up now. I'd watch it. Seems like the story is there. 
Seems like you thought it out. Do you believe it? Do you believe that he would win? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think that if you were to book it like that, I think it would. In my opinion, I feel like at some point it got a little overbooked, but I still would watch it. I would still be cheering and going crazy for it. And, I mean, we're Gargano marks on this podcast, so that makes sense. Yeah. So I would go a little bit of revisionist history for my answer. So... Obviously, Jeff Hardy and The Undertaker had a banger of a ladder match on Raw in 2002. And I don't know if you consider Jeff Hardy a a small man. I think that in this scenario, I would, especially in 2002. So what's going to happen is this match is going to happen five years later. That way, Jeff has already become the charismatic enigma, has had some intercontinental title reigns, has really gotten a lot of good matches under his belt. But this time, he's fighting The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Undertaker is the world champion going into WrestleMania at this time. And Jeff Hardy beats the odds and wins the Royal Rumble. Now, WWE, we know them. They love to replay history, especially with their good matches. So that's what the story would be building up to. Essentially, Undertaker saying, listen, Jeff, you've accomplished a lot in your career, but you ain't ain't got enough to beat me at WrestleMania. And then Jeff Hardy's like, man, I won the Royal Rumble from. What's <laughs> <laughs> your southern draw, boys? What do you mean? He's from North Carolina. I know, I know. I, you have to try it, right? <laughs> Jeff, that's how he sounds. It was actually pretty good. Continue. <laughs> I don't know if I can do the accent. I can hold it, but. Um, but, you know, he'd just be like, I won the Royal Rumble from. Whatever position, I'd put him at like an early position. And, you know, now I'm choosing to face you, Undertaker, at WrestleMania. And the whole story is Undertaker pretty much being like, kid, five years ago, I beat you in a ladder match. You're not beating me. You're not beating the dead man. And Jeff is the ever resilient. We give him a couple high spots, you know, a couple high jump spots throughout the WrestleMania season. And then it comes down to a match where Jeff Hardy says that, you know, if Undertaker's so confident is so confident, then let's run it again. Let's do a ladder match. If you're so confident that you can beat me, let's run it again in a ladder match. Undertaker accepts, reluctantly, but accepts. He says that he respects Jeff's willpower, Jeff's will to win or whatever, some Undertaker bullshit. And we get to WrestleMania. And the stage is set. Undertaker, Jeff Hardy. Both have amazing entrances because they will. And then it's for the big gold World Heavyweight Championship. I think it's funny that we both said the World Heavyweight Championship first off, too. Clearly, we just associate that title with big men matches. <laughs> Yo, this title unification this year might, it better fucking be the bring it back. I don't don't think it will. (laughs) Considering they're going to mesh two logos that have just the WWE logo on them, I don't think it's going to happen. Just get rid of the fucking logos. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. So, the match would start off, obviously, the two of them in the ring, just Undertaker overpowering Jeff, getting the best of him in the early parts of the match. Going out, getting a ladder, smaller ladder, one that you can't climb the ring with because WWE does that. You guys never notice it, but they do do that. Um, They have hitting ladders and climbing ladders. 
So he would just start smacking Jeff around. They'd go to the outside. Undertaker would go and prep like a like a, a, a ladder against the ring apron or something like that, let's say. And he would go and like grab something from under the ring. That's when Jeff starts making his comeback. He'd run up the ladder, kick Undertaker on the way, and then give him some sort of either like a Hurricanrana or just like a, a Bronco Buster uh, just off the, off the top of the apron. And then that's when Jeff starts building momentum. He clears off the announce table, sets up that ladder that he up, ran up of, gets Undertaker on there, just goes for a simple leg drop, hits it. And then now you're thinking the crowd's getting behind Jeff, but Undertaker sits up. And then everybody's like, oh, shit, here we go. Undertaker just starts kicking ass because that's what he'll do. Jeff takes a couple good bumps, and then it gets to the point where Jeff is just down on the outside, Undertaker setting him up. Undertaker sets up a ladder on the barricade to the apron, and he's on on ringside, about to give Jeff Hardy a tombstone on top of the ladder. But Jeff reverses, gives him like a insiguri or something, probably not really realistic on the apron, but it's my fantasy, so I'm going to say that. Undertaker falls, hits the ladder, doesn't break, but he's just on the ladder. That's when Jeff gets his first opportunity to climb the ladder. Rhett's tries and runs up. Undertaker, again, sits up because he's still on the ladder. I'm, I'm a big Undertaker setup, Mark. I don't know if you can tell or not. But, <laughs> but choke slams him. Undertaker starts setting up the ladder for himself. They're going back and forth and back and forth because Jeff Hardy gets back up, tries to punch a kicker off, but they just end up climbing their way back down. And they start setting up some tables on the outside of the ring. I don't know if you can see where I'm going with this. We want tables. So they're going to set up some tables towards the entrance ramp. And what's going to ultimately lead to it is they're not going to break those tables. But Undertaker is going to get Jeff Hardy in the middle of the ring. And he's going to last ride him. Because I don't think Jeff Hardy could power out of a tombstone. And then all you see is Undertaker slowly climbing because he's exhausted. They're probably having like a 15, 20-minute match at this point, which is very untypical for Undertaker. So Jeff obviously wins the uh, match in the amount of energy he has in late in a match. So Jeff is just slowly crawling his way to the top. And then as Undertaker is about to grab the world title, you just see Jeff Hardy on the apron. Springboard drop kicks the ladder. Undertaker crashes to the outside through the tables. Jeff sets up the ladder. We have Jim Ross on commentary saying, go for it, kid. Make yourself famous once again. Jeff Hardy exhaustedly grabs the strap and it comes down with his hand. Jeff Hardy is the world champion. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I always like uh, Jeff being uh, booked as world champ. And that would be quite the ladder match rematch. That's one of the great ladder matches. Uh, that'd be fire. Um, I like listening. That that's funny. <laughs> I was people telling me how they look. Uh, Jeff Hardy is champ. Uh, uh, that'll always put a smile on my face. That's like half of Freddie Prince's podcast. <laughs> Just Jeff Hardy should have been champ. No, no. It's when they booked his like tower run a few like years ago, when Freddie was still with the company. Well, not a few. It was a while ago. And uh, because I think like the whole like uh, I think it was like what 2013 or something like the whole uh lights, dark lights promo, like um that stuff and him beating Edge for the world title. Freddie Prince booked that, 
I mean, we didn't book it. He was the main writer. And like him and Michael Freebird Hayes were the people that really pushed him um, to get that last run. Now, obviously, another like incident to like didn't get the pan out. They looked like they had egg in their face because I guess that was like the opposite side of should they give Jeff Hardy that run? And Triple H really had that because Triple H like, is he reliable? And Freddie Prince, like, I think we give him the shot. He's earned it. The fans love him. He's number one, like, merch seller at the time. Great wrestler and stuff like that. And, you know, um, Freddie. Freddie likes his small guys. I'm talking too much about someone else's podcast, but I just thought it was cool. (laughs) Well, we're coming to the end of our podcast. So if you guys do want to go listen to Freddie Prince's podcast, you should do it now that you've listened to ours. Yeah, and then go listen to more of our episodes after that because we – yeah, we do we do more interviews than Freddie. It's like it's like three interviews. <laughs> Get those numbers up, Freddie Prince. If you need uh, help hiring any podcast uh, people uh, at What Do You Mean Productions or at WDYP Productions, definitely, like definitely, on my man. Uh, you're Freddie. You have too many ads. <laughs> 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 See, we spoil our listeners because we are not able to yet turn on ads. I put an ad on every interview or every episode that we do, but we are not at the point to start generating any revenue from that just yet. Yeah, but like Freddie doesn't need the revenue. He should totally come to what you mean productions. You're better than his editor anyways. So like, you know, give give Freddie, Freddie, give give Bill the work. He wants to produce wrestling with Freddie. So Give me the you smoke. Man. Give me the smoke. Yeah, Bill. <laughs> well, as as we come to the end of the podcast tonight, we just want to thank you guys for tuning in. If you guys are listening to us on Apple Music or Spotify, make sure you're giving us a five-star review because if you do not give us a five-star review, we do not make five-star content. And that is you, specifically. You. You haven't done it yet. I know you haven't. So, you should. Juice, you got anything for the people before we sign off tonight? I didn't just add to you. Um, give us all the five star reviews for you people giving Freddie Prince five stars. Give us five stars because again, we have more interviews than Freddie Prince does, so that means we're better. That means we have more knowledge than someone who worked for WB. So, like, <laughs> you're starting to like a war with Freddie Prince, <laughs> who I like, Freddie Prince. I like reference too. <laughs> this podcast, good podcast, but is it as good as our podcast? No. Whoa. Well, as we come crashing down to the mat on this episode of Top of the Cage, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in, and we hope to catch you next time.